Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome, 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 folks. I am, uh, you know, I'm fired up today. I'm really fired up. I've got a lot to talk about. And I want to open up and I want to start out by talking about something I think is critical. Uh, what we're doing now and why we're doing it and how it works, right? So obviously, I'm, you know, I as a lawyer, I'm filing lawsuits and doing what I do there. And that's going to continue. That'll never stop. But in the meantime, one of the things that I'm working actively on lately is legislation. You say, well, what, what's that all about? What are you doing there? Well, remember... Uh, not all change can come at the hands of courts, right? The courts can extend or modify existing uh, understanding of law through common law, but the actual statutory change, the guidelines, the framework upon which a court will build its decision rests upon legislation or the Constitution. So we have to change legislation if we want to see major differences in what's going on. And that's really a fundamental thing, right? So we have to go after some of these key pieces of legislation. We've got to get some key things done. And one of the things that we need to understand and that I can really attest to as an attorney is the interplay between state and federal law, right? There's a lot of things that we can do on the state level, and it's a lot cheaper to do it on the state level than it is on the federal level. And it's also much more feasible Uh, at the federal level. The amount of corruption, the amount of money, the amount of impact that the various uh, lobbyists have is so monumental that it's really very difficult to get anything done. There's a, there's only a handful of federal elected officials that I think are anywhere near decent human beings. Most of them have sold out. And so getting a whole lot done on the federal level is a very difficult thing. Now, I'm happy to work with anybody federally, and I do think there's room to get things done federally. You know, in all honesty, with the right political pressure, we can do things, but that's going to be a real process. And I'm going to talk about how we get to that. But the easier process, especially the low-hanging fruit, is yeah, red states, right? Getting it done at the red states because the people of the red states have red states because they think they're electing conservatives and Republicans who will stand for their values. Now, that's not always the case. In fact, frequently, it's absolutely not the case at all. As we saw in Missouri, where Dean Plocker and the Rhinos uh, decided to vote down an informed consent bill that was wildly popular amongst the conservatives and the Republicans of the state of Missouri. Uh, they decided they did it under the pretext that it was going to somehow negatively impact farmers, but that was an outright lie. This was actually going to protect small farmers and only put people like Bill Gates at risk. But, you know, those are the Bill Gates and the, the big corporate people, the CCP farms and the big money. Those are the people that run uh, the, the red states in a lot of cases. I mean, you have to understand that, for example, in a state like Missouri, agriculture is very, very powerful. Well, agriculture and most of the trade groups in Missouri are controlled by Big Pharma and the Gates Foundation, the CCP, things like that. 
The reason for that is, is that Big Pharma, uh, Bayer, bought Monsanto, largest seed producer on the planet. Uh, you have uh, these different groups. They're all tied in with Merck and some of these different uh, vaccine producers and bioengineers that create the product that they sell to the farmers. The farmers have no idea what's going on. The farmers and ranchers, they're trying to grow fruit and food and free people. They're good people who largely have no idea that there's this huge complicated scheme and mess uh, providing them the seeds, providing them the the quote-unquote vaccines, providing them the medicine for their animals, providing the genetically engineered animals so that their yields go up. These farmers are just doing their jobs and they don't know this. They're good people, but the trade groups aren't representing them. The trade groups are trying to wipe out the small guys and move it all to the big farms, the corporate farms, so the Gates and crew can hold and control everything. So, you know, egg is is very corrupt, and this is very symbolic of the issues we run into everywhere. So I want to talk about that legislative process, right? It's critical that we get these bills passed at the state level, and we can do it, and we can probably have an impact on the national level. But there is a process that has to be followed, and you have to be aware of the current process as well as what the process should be to understand how this works. So to that extent, I kind of want to lay this out, and I've got a substack that's coming out uh, this afternoon that will reiterate a lot of this. So I urge you to go to TomRens.com, sign up for the substack, and you can actually read about this. And I lay it out in a step-by-step uh, program. It should be out. I think it's already out now. I, I can't recall what time it was going to go out. It was scheduled to go out this afternoon. But uh, if you go to TomRens.com and you subscribe to my sub, it's free, by the way. You can have a free subscription. This document's free. Everything's free. If you choose to sign up and pay for my Substack, all that money does is support my fight, right? It just, I use it to to do what I do, right? It goes to various causes, whether it's, you know, funding lawsuits, pushing for politics, uh, you know, covering costs to travel and to, to you know, ch- to educate people and to rally people. I mean, it's all for the fight. That's all that I do in my life is fight. So there's really nothing else to spend it on. Um, and we do desperately need financial support. So if you support us at TomRens.com or in my Substack or in my sponsors, you're helping us in the fight. Okay. Ad- advertising aside, uh what we what you have to understand is the process by which bills are introduced and become law and the initial stages are probably the most important now the traditional well i don't know if traditional is the right word the mechanism by which bills are introduced right now is very very twisted if you will generally what will happen is someone has an idea for legislation. Most frequently, the people with ideas for legislation are are big businesses, uh, corporate interests, lobbyists representing big businesses. What'll happen is, is, uh, you know, the Gates Foundation needs a bill to promote some sort of sick aspect of their agenda. So they will tell their lobbyists, you know, hey, we need to uh, move this legislation, move that. We have this priority. How do we get it done? The lawyers and the lobbyists will 
jump into action. And they'll figure out a bill that they can pass. Sometimes they're very clever and will push for a national or federal uh, legislation. Uh, other times they'll focus on the state. It just depends on the needs and what's going on. Well, that legislation then, will they'll find a, someone who they can buy off or control that's a sponsor. Now, frequently you have to understand that the sponsors of these bills, particularly at the state level, don't understand what I'm about to tell you. They really don't. They think, well, I see this lobbyist every day. He knows all about these issues and he's a really nice guy, so I can trust him. And they don't understand that really what they're doing is they're dealing with someone who is paid to lie to them and to manipulate them. And that's the end of it, right? The more that they are manipulated and lied to, the more effective that lobbyist is and that's the more money that lobbyist can earn. If the lobbyist is unsuccessful at manipulating and lying to, to elected officials, well, then that lobbyist is going to be out of a job. So the lobbyist will naturally become friends, I say with air quotes, uh, with every single elected official they can. Uh, they will leverage every loophole. You know, hey, can I buy you dinner? Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I give you this incidental? Get that incidental. Little things. Hey, hey I brought uh, brought some Chick-fil-A for your staff today. The whole office gets Chick-fil-A. Well, you're such a nice guy. And, you know, it's just Chick-fil-A. You're not really buying anything. You're They're buying friendship. It's what they do. They buy that friendship. They act nice. They act sweet. And uh, they, they ingratiate themselves to people. Over time, then, when they talk to these guys, hey, I just want to let you know about this issue we have. So if the lobbyists say to the elected, I just want to let you know what's going on, right? There's this huge issue. Uh, you know, these guys, they're pushing for this transparency bill that's, that they say is going to provide informed consent about food. But they're just, you know, these guys, they're liars, they're buffoons, they're, they don't know what's going on. And so you can trust me. I've been the lobbyist that's been your friend for 20 years. So you can trust me. You shouldn't trust these guys. I know the bill just says informed consent, but really they, these guys aren't smart enough to know that that really is just going to shut down the whole agriculture industry. Well, remember, and I'm using the informed consent bill because it's a really good way to illustrate what occurs. Uh, remember, these lobbyists have been paid, they get paid to become trusted friends of the elected officials and of their staff, right? So they're going to manipulate the staff and they're going to manipulate the elected officials. And what they're going to do is they're going to tell you stories like this. And in, in our case, what they did was they told a couple really stupid elected officials and a couple more really corrupt elected officials that they needed to oppose this. So the, the stupid elected officials, they said, well, we need to oppose this because it's going to negatively impact farmers. The corrupt elected officials, they said, well, if you want to get elected again, you're going to oppose this. Because we'll donate to your campaign or we'll help you by helping your district or we'll do this or we'll do that, right? So then they've got the ear of the elected officials and they tell them, well, you need to oppose this for this reason. Or in the case, if they're going to pass legislation, they say, well, we need legislation that'll do this because it's a super important thing to help the people, help the farmers. The, the reason for opposing or uh, supporting a bill is what I would call the hook, right? This is a sales process. We all want to pretend it's different, and most of these arrogant, stupid politicians think it is different. Uh, 
but it's not. It's just a sales process. Uh, the key to this sales process, though, is that the lobbyists have to sell it without anybody know they're being sold a product. The reality is, is these guys aren't actually friends with elected officials. They're paid to be their friends. It is your job, if you are a lobbyist, to make friends with elected officials. It's not your job to fight with them because that doesn't work. You are paid to be friends and to influence elected officials. So understand that if you are an elected official and you have a lobbyist that you think is your friend, well, they may have some sort of a bond with you that's developed over 20 years. But trust me when I tell you, if you start going hardcore against their their positions, they will quit being your friend because they will lose their job if they don't. Their income is derived from manipulating you if you're an elected official. But most elected officials are far too stupid or willingly blind to care about that. So these guys manipulate the situation in that way. What they will do is then they will work. You know, they'll have the hook. The hook is what the reason that the, the elected official should publicly support or oppose the bill. Understand, really central to this. Without that, there's nothing. Because at the end of the day, the elected official is going to be up for election again. And if there's no justification for their behavior or something is too politically hot, well, they're not going to get elected again. So they have to balance that. Now, one of the things that most of the corrupt elected officials look at is simply a cost-benefit. I need to get elected again. This position is really going to be politically unpopular, Mr. Lobbyist. What should I do? Hint, hint. Well, if the lobbyist can't come back and say, well, yeah, but we're going to, you're going to be able to afford a lot of good press around the time of your next election. I can assure you that by supporting or opposing this bill, Mr. Representative, you will have a lot of good press in and around the time of your next election. Well, what does that mean? What that means is, is that the lobbyist is going to be ensuring that money is directed either to a PAC or, you know, maybe if it's a case of like the Gates Foundation, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, he owns the Washington Post or, you know, they own the media. They can pro they can make those promises. You'll be getting good press because they have that control. And understand that the press is now a just it's an investment in controlling the politicians. So if you go to the mainstream press, that's why Fox News is so corrupt, right? Uh, Fox News is making enough money now that from from corruption that they were worth buying off. And so, you know, there's nothing legitimate about them. That's why they fired Tucker Carlson, because he was hurting their investments. He was telling the truth. And uh, the truth is not what you're supposed to do in the news media anymore. If you want truth, you go to the alternative media. So anyways, <clears throat> the politicians then have the promise of support. They have the promise of backing. They have it. At that point, the politicians say, will I get enough support to overcome an election challenge on a politically difficult bill or not. If the bill is not politically difficult, if as an alternative, they, the lobbyists can leverage their positions or friendships in the media to get something, make something politically popular, 
then the cost of buying off the politician becomes less, right? It's cheaper to buy a politician to support a uh, uncontroversial bill than it is something that's politically very hot. Now, in the case of certain politicians, you can buy anything. You know, Mitch McConnell got a million-dollar donation to the GOP uh, building fund in Kentucky from Pfizer for his support on the vaccines. He doesn't care how many people die, but Pfizer also owns the media and owns everything else. So this is kind of how this works. And I got a lot more on this after the break, but you have to understand that this is ultimately a game of cost and benefit. Does it cost these guys more to buy support on a vote or does it cost them more uh, to let something go? Or is it easier to just let it go, right? And it's always a cost-benefit. It's always a money thing. It's always a power thing. And that's how the consideration in every step of the political process. Now, I'm going to be telling you after the break more more about this and then also how we defeat that. So stick with us. But uh, for right now, I need your support. I need you to go to TomRens.com. We're doing something different. I'm a lawyer, and with regards to what I do in the courts... It will always be ethical, efficient, like a lawyer. But I'm doing more than a lawyer normally does because we're hitting this on all fronts. We're fighting for change, legal, political, and public education, lawfare. That's what we're doing. We're fighting for change. We're going to continue fighting for change. We're going to leverage our First Amendment rights. We're going to leverage everything. I need your support. Go to TomRens.com. Back us on this. We will continue to fight for you. We'll be right back. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code out loud at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all.
right, folks, welcome back. So we're talking about, and we're going to have a pretty consistent theme here today, we're talking about the corruption in the legislative process and in our, our politics in general. Well, I want to talk about now, I want to kind of turn to some nuts and bolts. Yeah, we've talked about the kind of economic theory behind things, but now let's talk about where that influence is exerted. So we talk as someone gets idea for a bill, whether it's a lobbyist, a person, whoever, and you find a sponsor, and that bill is going to be put forward, whether it's going to be supported or opposed, the first step in the, the more corrupt side of the process, right? Let's assume that we're talking about uh, the lobbyists pushing some sort of a nasty corrupt bill that they want, want done. What they will do is they'll reach out to whoever they think is the most likely and uh, going to be the most successful legislature that they can get to support the bill. So that person will be someone that will, uh, you know, they feel will carry the water on a bill properly. Uh, it's ideally someone connected, someone higher up in party leadership, you know, whoever. So they'll target whichever legislator th they think uh, they can own most. Now, party leadership will stick together. And generally, you become party leadership because you pull in the most money for the party right? Uh, the people that are most successful at raising money, yeah, they'll pass that money out. They'll introduce people. And so they'll get the votes for, you know, these kind of sweetheart positions. And so the money ends up corrupting the process because it's the corrupt people that get put at the top of the party and control the process, right? So you get the idea for this bill, and uh, you have this conversation, you get the legislature to buy, uh, on the hook and ready to go for this. Uh, this elected official will then talk back and forth. They'll talk about the hook of, for the bill. You know, how are you going to sell it to the public? That way they get an idea how much political capital they're going to have to spend to get this done. You know, is it something that they can sell to other elected officials, other representatives or senators, whether it be state or federal? You know, what what's the political cost going to be to those guys? Uh, they're going to kind of consider all of these different factors. They're going to consider what's the bill going to do? How's it going to do it? You know, do we want a real long bill so we can hide a bunch of stuff in it? Or do we want a short bill? Uh, sometimes they'll write a really long bill and they'll, they'll give it a fancy title that sounds great. And they'll focus on one key aspect of the bill, even though the main focus of the bill is something entirely different, you know, kind of a red herring type thing. Uh, so, the, the bill itself may or may not actually represent what they're going to talk about, but it will always accomplish something, and they'll have to figure out a way to get the bill done, right? Uh, generally, the more corrupt the bill and the more rotten the bill, the more political capital or more risk there is for the politician, so the more cost there is for the lobbyist. Uh, and this is, by the way, a very cynical view of this. But it's also a very accurate view of this. This is what happens in many, many cases. Not all. Not all. And I want to stress this also. There are some politicians that are legit and honest. Uh, my friend Holly Jones in Missouri, uh, Bill uh, Hardwick uh, helped carry the, the informed consent bill there at great political cost and no benefit. Uh, there are, on the federal level, some people who will stand on principle. I mean, we, look what happened with the speaker vote, right? Uh, you know, I saw Bobert and some of these people, uh, Gates, you know, fighting tooth and nail, even though it was very politically costly.
Well, what happens then is you, you get this bill, you get these people, they figure out what it's going to cost them, and they'll start working on language. The language will be proposed, and the language of the bill becomes the law. So that's the most important aspect of this. The language will consider what both political considerations, but also what is the goal that the lobbyist or whoever is sponsoring the bill has. Well, to that extent, what will happen is, is they will they will work back and forth. Sometimes they'll work with stakeholders like uh, party leadership. Sometimes they'll want to keep it very secret so that they can try and pull something. You know, uh, if, if it's a bill that they feel has a very strong hook and that they can sne- kind of sneak forward because they can, you know, just say, everybody, everybody, you need to vote for it because, you know, this bill is going to save the children, right? You know, well, then they'll put it forward and they won't really talk about it to too many people because it's a save the children bill, really. Uh, but, you know, elsewhere in the bill, it may actually be something that's going to hurt the children, but they can call it a save the children bill, so we'll push it anyways. Republicans are actually masters of this. They they do a lot of this, right? They, they, they put bills out there that have great talking points, but don't do anything. So uh, the Democrats, uh, they're, they're much more transparent in the sense that their bills are all corrupt 100% from beginning to end, and you, you can just, it's hard to miss. Uh, they'll, they'll put a nice title on it, but, uh, they don't really have to, to hide their corruption too much because the media always follows what the, the Democrats wants to do. Um, so anyways, this bill, the language of the bill, they'll go back and forth. Sometimes it's with a group. Sometimes it's not. They'll work with stakeholders. The one group of people that are very rarely included are we, the people, unless there's some, some public groups that are going to back it. Uh, at this point, there's a lot of NGOs that are paid NGOs, groups that, you know, Soros or someone will fund and, and they'll get paid to back something and to act like there's public support, even though there's not. And sometimes, uh, what they'll do now is these public NGO type groups that are supported by crooks like Gates or Soros or whoever will uh, will will support the bill and and the elected officials won't even know that they're corrupt groups. They'll think they're actually truly we the people like BLM. BLM is not actually anything to do with Black Lives Matters. It's it's a great name for a corrupt group that's totally controlled by globalists and is pushing for Marxism, but it's not uh, really anything that's representative of of any people. Uh, the only people supporting it are people too stupid to know what they're supporting. So you have uh, you have this kind of confluence of, of people involved. You get this kind of final language that they'll propose. They'll send that language down to legislative services. Legislative services will write the bill. Uh, they'll take the language of the bill back to the various stakeholders and say, hey, lobbyist, is this okay or do we got to change it? Hey, Bill Gates, is this okay or do we got to change it? Hey, whoever. And then they'll go back and forth until they get everybody involved. Sometimes that involves bringing other politicians in. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, And they'll finally get to this final language. Now, mind you that by the time the bill is actually introduced, especially on bigger or more controversial bills, these things have all been worked out. There's an idea of the political cost that it's going to take to get this bill passed, whether it has a chance, whether it doesn't, uh, what can happen, how it's going to happen, who it's going to hurt politically, who it's not. You know all these things when the language is written and when you get ready to introduce it. 
So when these guys introduce it, sometimes they'll introduce bills that they know have no chance. Party leadership of their own party will tell them there's no chance. Other times they'll introduce bills uh, that, that, you know, they don't know if it has a chance. Sometimes they have bills that are slam dunks, but they know this when they introduce the bill. The sponsors have to decide whether or not it's worth the political capital to fight for the bill. Now, even honest sponsors have to look at that That's because it's a reality, right? So the difference is, is the honest politician doesn't care about the political capital as much as they care about what's right and wrong. Most politicians are not that way. So the political capital then is the core consideration. They introduce the bill. They, they already have an idea of who's going to support what. And the question then becomes, for the people, do you have enough support lined up to move the bill forward? And if you don't, what can you do to uh, push some people who are close, who are on the fence, to supporting you? Do you think that the bill is strong enough that you can take the people who are going to oppose the bill and force them to support it because the political uh, the political situation will facilitate that. That is the next step. Then you have the public fight because at that point, uh, everybody knows what's happening. Everybody knows where things are. And the public fight is what ultimately determines whether the bill moves forward or not because at the end of the day, these people still have to get reelected. And one thing that is universally true about politicians uh, with very, very few exceptions. The universal truth about politicians is that a politician will always do what's best for the politician first. There's a few exceptions, very few, very few state or federal exceptions. But generally speaking, if you want to know what a politician's going to do, you have to ask yourself what's going to be best for the politician. Uh, because ultimately the politician is making their, their living off of being a politician and probably wants to continue doing that. I mean, who wants to go back to that dirty private sector where you have to actually get things done and not have lobbyists buying you dinner, right? Okay, so that's where that is. Now, as this process is going on, there's other considerations, how do you get that lobbyist? If that lobbyist is asking to do something, you're just not sure of it. How do they get these guys to do it? Well, aren't there campaign finance laws? I mean, you can't just buy off a politician, can you? Well, let me explain how that works. There are a lot of laws making it difficult to buy off politicians, but there are a ton of great lawyers who look for loopholes in those laws. And so as a, as a consequence to that, We've gotten to the point now where there's no question that it is completely legal to buy off politicians indirectly. Now, you can't bribe a politician. That's illegal. But what you can do is, let's take ED leader Mitch McConnell, right? I'm, I talked about this in the first segment. So ED leader McConnell, uh, Pfizer said, you're going to back us or we're going to go after you. China said, you're going to back Big Pharma or else. The World Economic Forum said you're going to back Big Pharma, or else. Everybody said you're going to back Big Pharma, or else. Okay, so Mitch McConnell is, you know, he's uh, he's more than happy to sell out, but he's got a big position. And he's the minority leader of the Senate, so he's an expensive buy-off, right? So what do you do? 
Well, there's super PACs, right? Super PACs can be well-funded to support a politician or to support a politician's friends in other states, which sometimes the political capital you get from supporting others is just as important or more important than the political capital than what you get from getting money for yourself, particularly if you're in a safe district, right? Remember, Kentucky's pretty red. McConnell claims to be a Republican. Now, does he represent the people of Kentucky? I don't believe he does. I've been to Kentucky a lot. I like Kentucky. The people of Kentucky are wonderful people. And uh, in no way, shape, or form, I think he actually reflects the values of the people that I talk to when I've gone to Kentucky, which is a lot, a lot of people and a lot of time. Uh, So that's a problem. But the thing is, is, he has an R by his name. So most people don't dig a whole lot farther than that R by his name. And they say, well, he's a Republican, so we'll vote for the Republican. So as long as he wins the primary, he's okay. Uh, And he will win the primary because he's got enough money that no one can really compete with him. And he's got enough name recognition that no one can compete with him. And most people won't do the homework to find out he's a piece of garbage. So... Uh, McConnell will get influenced by supporting, uh, will continue to solidify his position, gain influence. And remember also his wife is making all sorts of money doing different things. And clearly, uh, they, they will claim that, you know, he's not doing anything illegal, nor is he using his influence to help his wife, but it just so happens that everything he supports happens to be good for his wife, uh, who is doing all sorts of business with CCP China. Well, this is uh, this is how this works, right? Everything is below board. It's all hidden. It's all covered up. It's all shady. It's not direct. It's never direct. Uh, it's shady as hell. Another example is, for example, Pfizer donated a million dollars to the GOP building fund in Kentucky to expand the GOP headquarters, which is, uh, I don't know, it's called something like the Mitch McConnell Geo- Republican headquarters or something. Well, that money is then is legal. It's illegal to donate to politicians or to things like that generally in Kentucky, but there's an exemption to donate to the building fund. Well, you know, Mitch McConnell's building fund is then going to hire the right uh, companies that are going to back him during the next election, right? Mitch McConnell's going to make sure he uses his influence to make sure those wheels are greased in one way or another. It's a certain thing. It's absolutely the way it's going to work. It's always the way it works. Uh, And so, that money, even though it wasn't given to McConnell, even though it's not a campaign donation, you can be sure that the companies that Mitch McConnell makes sure gets hired for that job that are getting a million dollars worth of work are going to back Mitch McConnell in the next election. Is that a campaign donation? Well, not technically, but is it? Well, I don't know. That's how this works. So the money travels and is used in various ways. There's no way that you're going to actually stop uh, this this corrupt uh, flow of money between the politicians and the uh, the special interests. There's nothing you can do about that. The politicians aren't going to pass meaningful legislation because they'd be cutting their pay by a tremendous amount and they'd be making sure that they weren't secure in their positions. They're never going to do it, folks. Uh, I don't I don't care what we the people demand. Everybody talks about Citizens United and it was a disastrous case. It was a disastrous case because it's allowed for different ways 
uh, for corporate America to buy the politicians. But uh, and I, I'm not saying it's legally disastrous, but it was disastrous in terms of its impact. I don't, I, you know, the, in terms of the law, there's a lot to discuss there, but disastrous in its impact. And uh, you know, we had, but it doesn't matter ultimately. Whether you can change that, but they're just going to find another way to control these politicians. There's always another loophole. It's going to happen. The best way to fight this is active involvement by the populace. We can drive up the cost of buying these politicians tremendously by being active and being involved. If a few people who are honest and not for sale get elected, look what they can do. Look what happened in Missouri is a huge impact. Uh, we're not done in Missouri. We got a lot more coming. Uh, and we've got a bunch of other states that we're going to be coming after now. All because Holly and, and a few other people had the courage to do what's right. When the media reports the truth, when someone's an insider who whistleblows on corruption inside the Republican or Democrat Party, these things have a monumental impact. Getting involved locally is a key thing. And if we get more people who are honest and not for sale involved locally and involved politically uh, at the state or local level, by them standing, by them, it can have a massive impact because the truth is like a wildfire. It just spreads. It's uncontrollable. Uh, it costs a lot of money to control messaging. It costs a lot of money to so we've got to we've got to focus on that. More more in a minute, but for right now, I want to tell you: get yourself, click on the banner ads, right? Click on the banner ads, and uh, use Out Loud code at checkout to support the sponsors of the America Out Loud Network. Now, I love Cofix. I've used it all winter long. Anytime I've had a cold, it's shortened the duration. It's helped me get better. It's a great product. I love the Cofix. Uh, I also love the Genesis HOCL because that stops the spread in the air. Those two products together have a huge impact. And when you support uh, us on the OutLoud Network, it allows us to continue bringing you these messages. So back us, share this, use OutLoud code at checkout. We'll be right back. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. 
Welcome back, folks. Okay, so we're talking about corruption in the political system. Now, I want to get more into this, but before I go into solutions and recommendations, which I touched on before the break, I want to talk about this article on The Last Refuge, a uh, conservative treehouse. It is, call themselves The Last Refuge, right? Uh, this article is titled, How Corrupt is Our Current Situation? It's Worse Than Most Can Fathom. And it's talking about the corruption in our DOJ and everything else. And the author of this article was apparently targeted with subpoena and other such information related to January 6th. Uh, it accused him of being involved with J6 and communicating with people and all sorts of things. Here's the thing. Uh, the subpoena he received suggested that he had a certain handle and that public record has shown that he was, uh, through that handle, communicating with all sorts of groups that supposedly created this uh, insurrection that, that was you know, actually created by the FBI. And uh, it just really demonstrates uh, all this nonsense. But here's the problem. All of the stuff alleged, apparently, in the subpoena was false. And so this guy gets this, this subpoena saying, hey, you've talked to these people and we know you've done this and we've got this record of this and that record of that and all these different things. And he thinks to himself, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know anything about any of this. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? Well, this guy's real crime was that he was a conservative. Okay, they didn't. They don't want conservatives. They certainly don't want conservative uh, speaking out. You know, people like me. I mean, I'm I'm constantly targeted. Uh, you'd be shocked. The ways that I am targeted are incredible. Uh, you you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. So, this guy was targeted with an entirely false story. They had public records that they used to justify a subpoena that were all fake. So this guy digs into it, right? He didn't know who this Twitter handle was. He didn't know what was going on. didn't know anything. Well, it turns out, now I want you to consider the Twitter files, right? The CIA, DIA, DOD, FBI are all directly involved with controlling Twitter. They have backdoor access to Twitter. They're involved with uh, working with Twitter. They're involved with Twitter in every way, shape, and form. The handle that they referenced on Twitter was fake. It was created by a Twitter employee, according to the story. So what, what actually appears to have happened is the DOD wanted to target this guy. Someone at the FBI or somewhere, one of the intel agencies created a fake handle, created fake communications, pretended to be him, set up all this stuff, and then said, hey, you're guilty of a crime. This guy did nothing. This guy did nothing. I hope this gentleman or lady or whoever it is, uh, it's, I don't know who the, the author is. It's titled Sundance, and I don't know if uh, Sundance, uh, I don't know who that is. But uh, whoever Sundance is, I hope he is going to sue them now for more money than anybody can even fathom. Because if he doesn't, 
it leaves the door open for this to continue to happen. He needs to find out who created this false information. He needs to have a full lawsuit on this. And I hope he is going to sue these people for more money than he can fathom. I would love to see what he finds out if he goes forward with a lawsuit. And I hope he will. Based on what he said in this article, it's my belief that he probably has a great lawsuit to be filed and really needs to for the benefit of the public. So Sundance, if you're looking at this, I hope you go forward with it. Um, And by the way, uh, I hope someone will share this with the conservative treehouse because I hope Sundance hears this. I really do want hope that this guy goes forward with a lawsuit. Uh, We really need to find out who's behind this and need to hold them accountable in a very public way. This is a huge deal. This is what we all know. But this guy apparently has some solid evidence of it. Our DOJ has been weaponized to take out conservatives. It's been politicized. They're taking out people for political speech. That's what's happening. That's how corrupt this system is, right? So when we talk about passing bills and pushing legislation, you have to understand that we are on another level of corruption. So when I say that they funnel money and they do this and they do that, they do. Okay. They do. Uh, I mean, we're talking about corruption in our government like no one could ever fathom. Our government is now the government that our founding fathers were terrified of. Uh, Our founding fathers had a revolution for an awful lot less than what we're dealing with now but most people are still asleep to it. So this is why we have to peacefully resist what's occurring. Nobody wants a war. Nobody wants violence. We need to peacefully through what's left of our system fight back. That happens through local action. General Flynn has been a longtime advocate of local action having national impact. Well, that's true in Missouri. In Missouri, when Holly Jones had the courage to stand against rhinos like House Speaker Dean Plocker and all of these other people who sold out to the lobbyists to push for informed consent, Holly made an impact. This became a national a national topic, and we're not done with it. It's going to continue. We have other states that are going to do this. We have other places this is going to happen. This is huge, all because one person had the courage, a state rep in Missouri. When we look at this, a single person can have a huge impact, even locally. Let's say Ohio. I think it's my belief that the Republican Party of Ohio is rife with corruption, rife with rhinos. We are so full of of rhinos and corruption in the Ohio Republican Party, it's sick. Now, we're better than the Democrat Party, uh, but, you know, the Republican Party is a disaster. Let me ask you this. What would happen if, you know, 20 or so people got got into the Republican Party as precinct chairs, this, that, or the other, and got to really examine what's going on in their workings? What if they were able to, you know, control a county and make sure that the Republican Party in that county was actually honest in doing what it needed to? What would happen? I'd say that'd be pretty impactful, don't you? What if they told the truth? What if we were able to get rid of the rhinos because they dug in, found out what was going on, and they shared the truth publicly, and we were able to use that to eliminate rhinos, get rid of crooks, and make sure that the Republican Party was actually true to its ideals? 
that it actually represented the people who vote for it, not the lobbyists. Right now, the Ohio, the Ohio Republican Party is completely beholden to the Chamber of Commerce, which is owned by the World Economic Forum in special interests. Not local business. The, the Chambers of Commerce, actually, by the way, on a side note, Chamber of Commerce, uh, the state and national Chamber of Commerce are completely owned by leftist interests who are focused entirely on the billionaires and major businesses and are completely destroying small business. The Chamber of Commerce is doing more to destroy small business than any other entity out there, in my opinion. I am strongly against the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I think we need a Chamber of Commerce, but we need a new one that represents small business owners, not only billionaires. That's a huge issue, and it's something that we've got to recognize. And frankly, you need to be asking your Republican reps, uh, do you guys recognize that the Chamber of Commerce is against small business at this point, only looking out for the interest of big business? Because they're, they're generally pushing very much against American values, patriot values at this point, in my opinion. So anyways... Uh, this is how I make friends, folks, right? I, uh, I'm trying to think of, two, of another group. You know, every day I try and find another group to make uh, to rip on. And, you know, you can never have too many enemies, right? Uh, folks, I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm just telling the truth. Uh, I will not do anything but tell the truth. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'll never make a mistake. But I can only tell you what I see. And you either believe it or you don't. And, I, frankly, I don't care. And I don't care if it makes you mad. I'm I'm well past worrying about making people mad. I have over half the universe mad at me. So um, luckily, I think I'm doing it right. And I think God's got my back. So I don't really care who's mad. Because as long as he's got my back, it just doesn't matter. Anyways, the, I do think that General Flynn is correct. We need local action to create national impact. The more we do locally, it's the local heroes that are making a difference right now. They're forcing things up. You know, in D.C., it's, you know, there's a handful of good people down in D.C., and we got to keep fighting in D.C. very, very hard. And I'll do anything I can to help down there. But the reality is, is that when I, you know, I used to go to D.C. and feel pride, feel true, true respect for our nation, these beautiful monuments, all these different things. Now I go to D.C. and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just, feel like an outsider, I feel like, oh boy, I hope no one's going to try and do anything against uh, illegal uh, against me, you know, try and, you know, make up something or uh, DC is just a terrible place now. Uh, until we retake it and until we make it the capital of the free world again, it's just, uh, there's limits to what we can do there, but we can work locally to force those changes in DC and we can support the few leaders that we have in DC who are good people. So we need to do all that, but we've got to keep fighting locally. I can't tell you how important it is for people to run for office locally, school board, this uh, county commissioner, township trustee, city council, Republican reps, precinct chairs, captains, members, whatever. We've got to get in there and everywhere you are, we need to make sure you're sharing information about public corruption, right? Share it everywhere. Uh, you you can start out. And one of the things that I do, by the way, if you're trying to share information about corruption, it's going to get censored a lot in a lot of platforms. What I do is I love Truth Social. I use Truth Social. Uh, I've got a lot of very good activist followers there that are great about sharing and responding and pushing information. Uh, 
and they push it everywhere. And so what I do is I'll coordinate a lot on true social. I use platforms like Twitter right now as letting me post things that it wouldn't let me post a few years ago. I mean, it's a long ways from uncensored, but it's, it's an improvement. It's a dramatic improvement. And so I use Twitter as much as I can to try and reach people who wouldn't otherwise hear things because they're not on true social. But if I coordinate through true social and ask people to, you know, spread this on other platforms, they'll put it out on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere. And it's a great mechanism for disseminating truth uh, one way or another. It doesn't matter whether it's put out there directly or indirectly. We have to have one conservative free speech platform that we can count on so that we can then uh, leverage that to get things out. So anyways, that's that. Um, and I want to hit a little bit of stack of stuff uh, uh, type things today because there's a couple really important things. And uh, this one actually ties directly in with the corruption issue. So GOP challengers are telling donors Trump will be taken out of the race. Uh, my friend J.D. Rucker, who does a spectacular job, he works with Liberty Daily. He's on this, uh, this very network, that loud network. Uh, just a great guy. He's got a nice article up on Liberty Daily, and he's talking about uh, Jack uh, Posobiec's uh, tweet. says, clear now the Biden administration is going to charge Trump with seditious conspiracy. This is the end goal of the Garland Grand Jury and Proud Boys Conviction. GOP challengers are telling donors they're betting on it taking him out of the race. So let me tell you what that means. Merrick Garland, who is the most corrupt head of the DOJ in the history of America, has one goal, to make sure that Trump can't run. Uh, Trump is right now, except for except for his absolutely stupid stance on the vaccines, the de facto uh, leader of the Republican Party. I mean, the Republican base loves Trump, with the exception of his issue with the vaccines, which is a major issue and the only thing he's vulnerable on in any way, shape, or form. And uh, which also, if he would actually get right on, would unify the base on a, on a level that no one's ever seen in history. But if he gets right on that, uh, he, he will be well past unstoppable. And I want to suggest that that might be the best way for him to deal with this. There, I agree with, with uh, Posobiec's uh, assertion that they're going to try and charge him to take him out of the race. That's what I think will happen because they're that corrupt and they know they can't win any other way. Uh, even cheating in an election, it's going to be hard because Biden is wildly unpopular and Trump is so popular, you can only cheat so much before it loses credibility. Uh, at this point, that charge is going to make Trump about a million times more popular, but may or may not have a legal impact of, of knocking him out of the race. I don't know. Uh, I would say that it's all garbage. And if our elected officials in Congress do right by him, they will absolutely uh, be able to show that this is false. I mean, this is why Tucker uh, couldn't show any more of the J6 videos because it was so clear in those videos what's going on. I mean, the corruption is out of control here. And I'm wondering where those videos are. You know, why have we still not seen the rest of them? Why aren't they public? This is a disaster for the for for the American system in general, right? I mean, we can't have another four years of this. So that that can't happen. And I don't care what we've got to do, that can't happen. 
Now, the question is going to be, what do we do and when does this happen? When do they try and do this? When do they try and drop this bomb? My guess is much closer to the election, right? They want to have enough chaos that no one else can come together to beat Biden. You know, if things are really messy at the last minute, that's when this is going to happen. So they're probably waiting on this. But I think that we we really got to work on taking Garland's uh, ability to do this away. And uh, there's really some key things that need to happen. Uh, but first amongst them is Donald Trump's got to get it right on these vaccines. He just does. It'll unify the base in a way where he will see such support that it'll be unprecedented in American history. Right now, that's the only thing dividing him and his base. outside, And the base still supports him. I mean, they still love him, and I don't blame him. He did a good job, but but that's the one thing that's causing problems. So I hope he gets that right. I'm praying for the for the president to get it right because uh, he should. And and frankly, uh, I don't know who it is that's surrounding that's around him that keeps telling him to you know be careful on this. But uh, whoever it is should be fired. I mean, the, the, they are absolutely it's inexcusable, inexcusable. Uh, Trump needs every bit of support he can get because he's got so much evil fighting against him. And for, for whoever is making this political miscalculation, I don't know whether it's intentional or they're just that dumb, but it's really a, a terrible, terrible miscalculation. Uh, especially in light of the fact that I will, for my own dime, fly whoever he wants to Mar-a-Lago to, to talk to him about doctors, scientists, whatever. I'll find a way to raise some money for it. Anyways, we got to fight this corruption, folks. I need your support at TomRens.com. Buy some my pillow. I like, I love Lindell. Tell you Tom Ren's code at checkout. I get a, I get a cut of that. It helps me in the fight. Uh, please support Mike Lindell, my pillow. Uh, support uh, bh-pm.com. Tell them Ren sent you. You can buy some gold or silver. Support us at tomrens.com generally. Share this show. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon.